guys, welcome back to the Live at Love podcast. I am so excited for today's special guest. I am welcoming on my grandma, Nikki Earl. I call her Mima, which um, you'll probably hear me say Mima the whole time I'm talking. Um, but she is from my grandma from Maine. I'm currently in South Carolina at Clemson. But I'm just going to hand her over the mic and she's going to talk to you guys about herself a little. Hello. I'm excited to be here too. You are my favorite oldest grandchild. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we live in Maine. We have four children. Uh, Andrew is Libby's father, our oldest son. We've lived here in Maine for over 40 years. And we I grew up in the South. I grew up in Tennessee and Texas. And so moving to Maine was a shock to my system. Uh, but I love it here now. It's probably one of the most beautiful places in the United States. It's really beautiful here and enjoy it a lot, even in the winter. I enjoy uh, the beauty of the winter as well. Um, we have 13 grandchildren, my husband and I. I've been married to David for 49 years. Um, wow. So I know it's been a long time. This year we'll celebrate our 50th anniversary. Um, and currently I am... Um, a life coach. I've been a life coach for the last 25 years. And in the last several years, it has morphed into spiritual transformation coaching, as well as ministry. I, uh, I'm i in ministry pretty regularly. I have a, a morning devotional that I do on Facebook uh, that has quite a few women that follow that. We get to share the word of God every day and I uh, get to teach a live women's Bible study every Thursday, which is just a real joy to me as well. So I get to do all the things that I love to do. I didn't spend my whole life doing all the things that I love to do. I have pretty strong entrepreneurial bent. And so I've owned a lot of businesses over the years and done a lot of things. I have always been a teacher in one form or another, a public speaker. Um, and what I do today is probably the most favorite thing I've ever done in my life, which is I get to coach. I coach uh, women. I'm exclusively a coach of women and I uh, have a, pretty large coaching group, uh, that a subscription group that I coach uh, and I'm involved with on two and three times a week. We are involved in coaching settings. And, and then I have a one-on-one -on -one coaching client base as well that I coach. And so I, I love my life. I love what I get to do. Uh, I love the fact that the Lord uh, has allowed me in this season of my life to just do all the things that give me a great deal of joy and satisfaction and and so that's what we're doing these days. Uh, your grandfather is getting ready to retire. He has been a school teacher for over 25 years and he's getting ready to retire. So we're looking at new adventures. <laughs> we'll see how all that goes. But um, I anticipate that I'll probably teach the word of God and coach women until the day the Lord calls me home. So I, I, I don't ever intend to retire. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Uh, that's awesome. I'm what'd you say i said and i love being here with you yes yes i'm excited yeah, yeah. oh and and she has a dog named charlie and that's my favorite. a dog who is never going to not be a puppy i don't think so. he's so cute and he's kind of a bigger dog and i'm not really into big dogs but charlie just has my heart for some reason he loves he, your mom and dad were here over the weekend and I'm telling you, he would not leave them alone. <laughs> Charlie's a Springer Spaniel and he doesn't know how big he is. He forgets he's yeah. a lap dog. So. Exactly. And then for you were saying about coaching and then Flourish Network, that's like the same as 
Mickey Earl coaching, right? Or is it? I have, right. I have a website, uh, MickeyEarl.com, mm-hmm. but I, my, my forum on Facebook has, um, has been flourished for a long time. And okay. so we, we do morning devotions. I also have another Facebook group that deals with, um, health and uh, mindset and a godly environment. And so we, so I'm somewhere I'm talking all the time. <laughs> it seems like. <laughs> I wonder where I get it from. Uh-huh, exactly. You get it honestly here. <laughs> <laughs> well, today I asked Mima to come on and talk on the podcast just about, I kind of want to title this um, episode, the power of knowledge and wisdom. Um, growing up, I think I've had so many, um, I think just, wisdom and advice and knowledge that I've got to listen to from Mima and from my dad, who's also was raised by Mima. Oh yeah. Bumpa is what I call my grandpa's name. So if you hear Bumpa, yeah, that's my grandpa. Um, So I kind of prepared us a couple of questions that I want to ask her and I'm so excited for everything that we get to talk about. So the first question I want to ask is, um, so being a believer, you've been probably, you said you've probably been a believer your whole life or pretty much. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, so for as long, so as a woman in Christ, how over the years have you grown to know the Lord more? Do you think? Um, I think I, that's a really good question, Olivia, because I I have always um, honored and loved the Lord. I uh, mm-hmm. I gave my heart to the Lord when I was seven, and I have always. I mean, I grew up in church, and and um, but there there comes a time where you claim your own relationship with the Lord. And so that began in college, that that individual understanding, my individual relationship with the Lord. But I think the trap for a lot of us is that we get caught up in the doing of life. And to know the Lord deeply, you have to slow down. You have to uh, make space. And it's more than just the morning devotion and um, having the right community and, and all those things, although those are obviously uh, essential to our walk with the Lord. But it's that ability to just spend time and hear him and listen to him. And to, uh, to be honest, it's only been in the last probably 18, 20 years that I have really understood the value of that. But in the doing of that, real peace has come and clarity mm-hmm. of identity and purpose and what I'm supposed to be. If one of your questions that you've given me here to look at is if, if I could do it differently, what would I do differently? And that mm-hmm. is definitely one of the things that I would have, because I've seen the fruit of it so, right. uh, so decidedly in my life at this point in time. So, so I, I think it's just allowing time for him. Uh, we don't, we often want the Lord to come to our schedule. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is that we need to lean in and say, what do you have for me today, Lord? What is it that you would have of me today? And to listen to him and to give time for that. And so I think slowing down has been the greatest value in just really being able to to move in the rhythm of the Holy Spirit in, in our lives. And he has a different rhythm for every single one of us. There's a purpose for each of us. And discovering that and feeling confident of that is when really your identity really begins to show up. Yeah, that's wow. You answered that perfectly. Um, have you ever read the book Ruthless Elimination of Hurry? Absolutely. One of my favorite okay. books. I need to read it, but everyone keeps telling me it's so good. And I listen to he has a podcast, like a couple episodes of yeah. like what he he talks about in the book. And those are really good too. 
Yeah. 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 John Mark Homer. He's got, um, he has a lot that, and it's, it's the kind of book that you think you've read the heart of it. You think you get it and mm-hmm. then you move on to something else that is equally valuable. So I, yes, I'm recommending it to a lot of my clients right now because really? yeah, well, that's, that's the one thing that keeps us from intimacy with the Lord mm-hmm. is the speed of our life. It was Dallas Willard. Do you know who Dallas Willard is? No. Dallas Willard. Oh, you need to know Dallas. <laughs> I, I, I grieved when he passed, um, but I, I read all of his books multiple times. And mm-hmm. uh, but he said once, and that's where uh, John Comer gets that the title of his book. One of his uh, disciples, one of the people that follows him, and he mentored, mm-hmm. asked him what was the one thing that he could do that would that would strengthen his walk in the Lord, so that he would be who he was supposed to be in the Lord. And Dallas said, you have to ruthlessly eliminate hurry in your mm-hmm. life. And then John Ortberg, who is the one who wrote about this, um, yeah. said, okay, that sounds good. And what else? <laughs> and since <laughs> Dallas just said, you need to eliminate hurry in your life. There is nothing else. And I, I agree with that. I, I have certainly experienced that myself. So yeah, I'm glad you don't read that book, Libby. You, okay, you were I will. Yeah. Cause I feel like, especially in college, it's so hard to not hurry. Cause I feel like you, like you set, you set this huge schedule for yourself and then like after classes, homework, and then you want to do all these extracurricular activities. And then it's like, ah. it's true. But, but you know, I think hurry is also a mindset. Right. So I think that you can glean a lot from the Lord in a time that you give him first. So for instance, I, I it was a long time ago, but I remember college and I, <laughs> I would remember that when I was cramming for an exam, I mm-hmm. would, my best study time was at four o'clock in the morning. I would get up because right. the dorm was quiet and I could study. And I didn't get that gene. <laughs> I get it early. I know you did live. Or stay up late. But if you can find any, if you can make an appointment with God every day mm-hmm. and and hold that as though it were the most important thing in your life, he right. will always come and meet you there. And it will it will it will change your filter for life. It will change the way that you see your life. So you can still get all those other things in mm-hmm. and still be present with the Lord. It's essential. That's true. I was at this like. Um, Bible study that I've been going to and one of the girls that speaks at it she was talking about how like every every like morning she wakes up or like in every thing she's doing like in running and stuff she just is always like okay Lord like I invite you into this place and she like talks about how much it just slows like her mind down and just like it's he's like okay like I'm doing this with you like in line with you and it's so cool to like see this so I've been like trying to do that now Be like, okay Lord like I invite you into this place and it's, it definitely changes your mindset of how you're viewing your daily tasks of things. It's absolutely true. One of the things that I have done in, in the last couple of decades is I will stop and, um, and make myself think about where is the Lord with me right now? I get this mm-hmm. physical sense of the presence of the Lord. And so I've developed this little unconscious habit that every time I cra- cross a threshold, when I'm mm-hmm. moving into, like let's say I'm walking into the grocery store or I'm walking into Marshall's, in my mind, I pause for a moment and like kind of a GPS, <laughs> I get a sense of the fact that the Lord is there with me, that the Father is with me, that the Holy Spirit is there. And so I get that sense that has that you know, one, one of the number one things that has done for me is to make me available to other people when I'm moving about in my life. So it's not unheard of for me to stop and pray for somebody in the middle of Walmart because 
I'm so aware that the Lord right. is here. And that, so if you get engaged in a conversation with someone that needs a touch from the Lord, you can say, mm -hmm. you know, would you like me to pray for you? And if they say yes, you can stop and, and say a prayer with them. I remember once I was in, I was in Hannaford, which is our supermarket here in Maine. <laughs> and uh, a lady was, she was crying. She was standing in front of the I think it was the tacos, if I remember correctly, but she, she was weeping and I, I felt so bad. And so I stood beside her and I said, you know, is there anything I can do to help? And she said, no, my life's just a mess. And she began to tell me a little bit about her life. And I said, well, would you like for me to pray with you? And she said, oh, I, I said, would you like me to pray for you? I said, and she said, I would love that. So I reached my hand over to pray for she said, Right now, you're going to pray for me right now here in the middle of Hannaford. And I said, "Well, if if you would like, I'd be glad to." And she ended up letting me pray for her. Most cool. people will let you pray for them mm -hmm. if, since if the Holy Spirit points it out. It's like the Holy Spirit kind of puts a spotlight on them, and you see right. them, and yeah. so you know you're supposed to be interacting with them. And so, so that awareness of His presence is, mm -hmm. you know, I, I love the fact that you're doing that, Olivia, because it it's. It heightens your awareness. He's always there. Yeah. But we are not tuned in to him. And exactly. when we're not tuned in, we can't hear from him. You know, I, we want yeah. to hear his voice all the time. Which, we want to hear him speaking to us. Yeah. Which that's so good that you said that because that moves on to our next question. Of, I just want to know, like, how do you hear his voice so clearly? And, like, do you have any tips for people who probably haven't even, like, experienced hearing his voice? Because I feel yeah. like everyone hears it differently. So. It's true. I, yeah. think, I think you're right. One of the things to know is that God never disagrees with himself. Mm -hmm. So when you are having things that you think you're wondering if it's the Lord, his voice will never disagree with his word or his nature. It will mm -hmm. never be out of yeah. sync with that. So that's one way that you kind of know that that's what you're hearing. But I think we don't hear the Lord because we don't expect to hear him. And so when you expect to hear him, and you tell them, I want to know your voice, Lord, and mm. you and you're patient and wait and you don't demand how it's supposed to come or when it's supposed to come. He will begin to talk to you. One of the things that you'll recognize is that thoughts will come into your mind that, you know, were not there three seconds mm. ago, but they are very clearly instructive or they are a solution to a problem or they are an awareness or. Uh, a revelation of something that you didn't understand before that yeah. the Lord, the Holy spirit, you'll recognize it. And pretty soon you can tune into the fact that this is the Lord talking to me and, and I want to be present for his voice. And so that, that is, it's a skill set really. And it's kind of like a radio dial. Mm -hmm. where you tune in. I, I was actually talking to the women, I, the women's Bible study that I teaches on Thursday mornings. And I was talking to them about the fact that, those old timey radios that they used to have where they would tune in, they had the, the, the bandwidth that they would get to, so they could pick up the signal on another radio station. Mm -hmm. If you tune to the same one over and over and over again, pretty soon the dial on that radio would find it very easily. Right. It would kind of click in because you were always on that radio frequency. And that's kind of the way it is with the Lord. The more you tell them you want to hear from him, the more you wait to hear from him, then when you do hear from him, the more often that happens, the easier and easier it gets to know that mm -hmm. this is the Lord instructing me in this. And so your, your confidence builds in your ability to communicate with him. Hmm. That's good. I feel like it, sometimes you're right. It's so hard when 
you're not in tune because then you're not. Yeah, I've noticed that too when you're, I'm more aware of like reading my Bible and not just having those things set into place, but like doing them not out of like, oh, just to check it off, you know? I like feel more in tune of like, oh, I can hear his voice. And I feel like I become like, I've always probably, I always feel like I've had a gift of like being prophetic, but I notice it more that I feel like I, I have like more prophetic words or like knowledge of stuff when I'm more in tune to like, being in his presence, which is cool. Uh, yes, indeed. I, I um, as you're as you're saying that, I think that the we have to be able to recognize what are our thoughts mm-hmm. and how they might be outside of what how God would think, so that right. we can kind of bring ourselves back to to here. We get so busy focused on everything outside of us Mm -hmm. so we're watching our circumstances we're watching other people we're we're wanting to be approved by other people we're we're creating our identity based on the environment or the circumstance that we're in instead of being an individual that was created to grow in the lord and to stand as an entity in and of yourself even if the circumstance wasn't there that's a a rather kind of obscure thing i'm I'm talking about but what i mean (laughs) is is to see yourself as who you are, regardless of where you are. Mm-hmm. That you're not uh, you're not one person, one place, another person, another place. And I'm not even saying you're trying to be deceptive, but we mm-hmm. tend to mold to our environments. It's kind of yeah. a chameleon experience that we, and when we do that, the integrity of our soul is is disrupted, and it's very difficult to know that we hear the Lord when we are fragmented mm-hmm. that way, and so really letting him tell us who we are and then staying in that lane is one of the best ways to, to know, like you said, you, you know that you've got a little bit of the prophetic on you and that's something that you know is part of your identity. And so mm-hmm. try to find other voices, especially with that gifting, Olivia, it is exceptionally important that his voice be the most important directive voice in your life because right. otherwise that gifting won't work. Exactly. Good. Wow. Now I know why you do this for like a living. (laughs) (laughs) You're so good at this. That's your gift. Oh oh my gosh. Before we started recording, I always, my Mew always laughs at me just because I I think she's the only person that finds me funny because no one else thinks I'm funny. And she laughs at me and it makes my day because no one else laughs at me. So thank you for laughing at me. Oh my. <laughs> oh, another question I had was why do you think it's so important to just gain like knowledge about the Lord and understand the full meaning of what it means to make Jesus as your savior, but also your friend? I know it's kind of a mouthful, but nope, that's a good question, Libby. Okay. Um <clears throat> I think um, I think we can have our salvation and be and ha- be on a on our way to heaven. I, I believe mm-hmm. that we can secure our relationship with the Lord through His salvation, but that is just the door. Mm-hmm. That is not the destination. Right. And so, if I look at my life as it began, my my citizenship in heaven began when I said yes to His call. And when I recognize that it cost me my life, 
-hmm. that this was all in and that my choices were now subject to his voice. When that reality began to come on you, you begin to, it, it can feel a little um, chaotic. I think right. because yeah. when you realize, when you, I think we do it, we do a real disservice to people when we tell people come to Jesus because your life's going to be easier. Because mm -hmm. that's not true. Not that's true. Definitely not true. Yeah. And, but we do, we'll say, we'll tell people come to church, you know, you'll feel better. You're, you're going to have peace and you're going to have joy. And so we, we market Jesus, mm -hmm. but is all true. All those things are true, but what we fail to tell people and you're going to lay down your life. Mm -hmm. And you need to count the cost. Jesus says to count the cost. And when we count that cost, we have to decide what are going to be the ground rules now here for the way that I live my life. Now that I have shifted the center of authority in my life to the voice of God, rather than my own thoughts and my own decisions and my own will, what am I going to do with that? Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> early on, when I was in my mid-30s, mid-30s, late-40s, I had... Um, I had given birth to all the kids and we didn't have infants and toddlers in the house anymore and rhythm of life got a lot easier and my businesses were doing well. And I mean, there's a lot of success that was going on and I was feeling really, really good about all of that until I just felt empty. I, I began to mm -hmm. feel it hollowed out inside of me and I had to go back to the beginning and realize that the foundation of my life is this belief and this is what I'm going to live from. And it is that God is always good and he is always just. And so regardless of what I see or what I'm experiencing, I can hold on to that decision, that faith, mm -hmm. that, that thing that sometimes is unseen and believe that that is true. And then that the other thing that I decided for my life is regardless of what goes on in my life, I am going to live from a foundation of joy. I am going to allow myself to experience and expect to experience joy in every circumstance in my life, even in the times of grieving and mourning that I was mm -hmm. going to know that in the presence of the Lord, the Bible says, is joy evermore. And so I, I believe he speaks truth. And so if that's mm -hmm. the case, then I'm going to make that the filter of my life, that joy is not happiness and laughing and all of those things. It's a mm -hmm. bedrock understanding that he is in control and right. that you have a future in him and that regardless of what is here today, he has not stepped outside of control and that he is good. And mm -hmm. so when you do that, then friendship begins to grow mm. as you, you trust him. And here's an interesting thing. He begins to trust you. Mm. And when the father begins to put confidence in your faith in him, he gives you more. <laughs> There's, right. I, I tell the story, um, that over the last several years, I've had this dream uh, multiple times. Mm -hmm. And in the dream, <clears throat> there is a, an entity behind this beautiful box. There's this beautiful box standing in front of me. It looks like a treasure chest. It's not big, but you know, it's probably a couple feet wide and tall. And it's beautiful. It's got jewels on it and it's gold and it's beautiful. And I know that the entity standing behind this treasure box is God. And I so. Mm -hmm. I know that's in there. And so I'm asking God in the dream and it's, I've asked him different questions about it, but basically they all go back to what's in the box. <laughs> and, and he would tell me that this box is your box. This box was 
was filled up for you the day I gave you life. Mm. So I, I will say, well, what's in the box? And he will say, when you have the capacity to carry what's in the box, I will give it to you. Mm. And, I, you know, I would wake up thinking about that. And I've had that dream at least half a dozen times. Wow, now. that's crazy. So now, when I think about this, this is what I understand about that, that we, he will always love us when we turn, he always loves us anyway, but mm. he will give us himself when we have accepted the call of salvation and he will give us as much as we have the capacity to carry. That's mm. not earning it. And that's not, um, that's not, um, it's not like a reward. Mm. It's like, I have works for you to do, but there are some of them I have to keep from you until you have grown enough to hold it. Mm. So I told the Lord, I told the Lord in the dream, I remember standing in the dream one time and saying, I will not go to heaven with anything left in that box. I want it all. Mm. And he said, be careful, be careful that you know what you're saying, because there's a cost to every single one of them. And it's always goes back to dying to self. Mm. And so I just said, you know what, Lord, my treasure box, I want empty. When I come to see you, I want you, I want to have walked in the fullness of everything that you have for my life. Mm. And that's based on us. He's not going to withhold anything from us that we are ready to carry, but we have to grow into it. We have to grow up into it. And that that's our part to do is to be willing to grow and to change and to sacrifice and to submit and and to even when we don't understand, say, all right, Lord, I, I don't understand. And I know that you know I don't understand, but I trust you. And so mm -hmm. I may never know this side of heaven, some things, but I still trust that you're good. And yeah. so when that's the case, he can trust my heart when I live in that posture. So he's got a treasure box for you two lives. And, mm -hmm. and I really... And as much as we can carry, you look around you, you, you see, you see young men and women who have a maturity in the Lord. You see mm -hmm. that you're still young, yeah. you're still learning about life, but there's a maturity in the Lord. They're serious about the things of the Lord. It's not just a part. It's not just cultural. It's not just something right. that's part of their life. It is their life and it is their goal to know God above all other things. And that. God will give more and more and more to not like he's playing favoritisms, but because that person can carry it mm. can carry a call that is higher and greater. And, and so that's what I want for you, Lily. When I, I pray for you, I pray for everything that God has for you Thank to be you. out in your life in every way, because he's gifted you in a lot of ways. And so that gifting has a responsibility to it, but mm. with it is a treasure box. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I love that. I love that he gave you that dream. Yeah, so I feel I, like it's not just for you too. Like no. it's for everyone to know. Yeah, that's so cool that you've had it like ten times. Yeah, well, more than six. I've lost count. Really, I should go back and look at my journal. But yeah, more than six so times. Cool. <laughs> and I, and every time, do you think you like said something like different in it? Do well, you think? it's like it snippets of things yeah. uh, there, there's there's impressions that you have that's going on but i know there's stuff in that box yeah that i don't have yet i, I don't want to go to heaven without them <laughs> so <laughs> you know, so i'll tell them teach me what i have to know lord i want right. to walk in it whatever it is you want me to walk in so that you can give me the next thing that's in there and it sounds um hmm, it sounds well, as I'm saying it, it sounds a little self-serving, but it's not at all. I think it pleases him yeah. when we tell him we want everything he has for us. I, I, I think I think he wants us to want that and expect mm -hmm. it. 
you know, from him. So, so yeah. I, so I, I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out of your treasure box, Liz. <laughs> yep, it goes. It just goes right back to the verse. Um, look, or what is it? Um, seek the kingdom, and all else will. And all your desire, yeah. yeah, he will give to you. That's an interesting thing that you're bringing up because that word, he will give you your desires. That mm -hmm. word, when you translate that word, says a point. Mm. And so when you seek the kingdom of God, our desires fulfilled are what give us a great deal of joy and happiness. When we, you know, there's something you really want and then it comes to pass. It's exciting and it's satisfying. And well, of course, if he sees who we are, it's once again, that kind of that treasure box. He appoints to us the desires for our life. There's nothing more satisfying in our life than those things. And they are in agreement with God's purposes for our life. So that is the very best life and the most fulfilling life that we can have ever, ever. And so, um, so yeah, seek first. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. That's so inspiring. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen back over this after take, take notes on what you said. Um, well, I guess our final question was actually, wait, just kidding. There's two. Um, you're so I like I said before, you're very wise and you do have a lot of wisdom about both life in general and just the Lord. Um, so what do you think some of your best like wisdom for college students right now, walking with the Lord or wanting to walk with the Lord? Like being like maybe in this age right now. Yep. <clears throat> I think the greatest temptation not only of your age demographic, but of mm -hmm. the world today is for us to want to imitate. Mm -hmm. And so in our culture, our social media culture has been very productive and very meaningful in a lot of ways. It's been a wonderful tool for a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But the downside of it is, is that we have created a culture where we are wanting to emulate someone else. Right. And in the doing of that, we rob ourselves of the gifting of what our life is to be and to discover that. <clears throat> and we, we, it, it's always been a, a, a temptation. It was one of the temptations that Satan brought to Jesus in the, in the desert, in the wilderness, but a temptation to be approved and admired by other people. Nothing wrong with any of that. I mean, it mm -hmm. feels good to be accepted and received and that's a natural human emotion and desire. But more than anything, to spend enough time to begin to find out who you are. There's a book. Where I've got it here on my desk. Over here it is. I just recommended it to the gals in, in the Bible study. And it's called The Gift of Being Yourself by David mm -hmm. Benner. And um, David G. Benner. It's a book that was written in 2004. So it's been around for a little while but it talks about the false self and the true self. And it's kind of a foreign concept when you first come to it, but you begin to recognize that it's true. Mm -hmm. So we find ourselves being a certain way with certain people in certain circumstances and we change. We have this chameleon thing that's going on. The sooner that you can drop that and be you before the Lord and before the world, Mm -hmm. as close to the integrity of who you are all the time, the more confident you're going to be, 
the more sure of your decisions you're mm -hmm. going to be. And the less um, subject to the depression of the world, because the world is a hopeless place in a lot of ways. There's a lot of hopelessness that goes on in the world because we're chasing after things that have not a whole lot of meaning. And so it brings us to the end of ourselves in that process. If you can begin to seek wisdom and to uh, to not live your life self-referencing. And what I mean by that is don't take all of your cues and all of your understanding of life just from your own social surrounding or your own mm -hmm. age group or to find people who are wise and have walked in, with the Lord and that can give you wise counsel and that you bring yourself into that kind of relationship with people so that you can grow. You know, I, I, I admonish you to not look at your youth as something that defines you mm -hmm. because uh, as we referred a moment ago, as much as you are willing to, to carry the responsibility of the gospel, the more the Lord's going to give you. And the more that he gives you, the richer your life gets mm -hmm. uh, and the deeper it gets. The challenge with that Libby is, is that you're not going to fit in really well. Right. And so that feels, that doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. You sometimes feel like you're out there by yourself. So the friends that you have that are like-minded, that are chasing, mm -hmm. pursuing the things of God, I mean, chasing after the Lord, you value those friendships and you give grace to people's mistakes and you edify one another and, and you, you, you band together in this pursuit because the world will reject you. And you know mm -hmm. that, and I'm not telling you anything you haven't already experienced for your mm -hmm. faith. And for your zeal, it, when we're zealous for the things of God, people treat you like you're a weirdo. <laughs> you know, what, what, or they or they say to you, "You think you're better than me," and right. it's not at all. You you just have this passion for the things of the Lord, and so mm -hmm. that's going to set you apart in and of itself. So get good with being different. Mm -hmm. The world wants you to be cookie cutter. Yeah, and it's easier to control people who our cookie cutter stamped out mm -hmm. and we get, get real good with before the Lord to have him to ask the Lord, teach me how to be okay with just being me before you. Mm -hmm. And he will, he'll show you how to do that. And he'll surround you with people who can fan that spark that's in you. And uh, so don't find your pleasure in being like everybody else. In fact, run away from it. Don't, mm -hmm. don't do that. Value what's different in everybody else. Honor it, and edify it, and call it out, and prophesy over it, and mm -hmm. and uh, live into that part of you that God's made you uniquely you. And 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 stand up. I know, Libby, you can do this. I've watched you do it over and over. <laughs> you, know, you you got some zip in you. You have a lot more zip in you than I had when I was your age. <laughs> And, I, and it's something that 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 God pleases God when we mm -hmm. say no. I'm I'm not going that direction. You, the whole right. world can say that I don't. It does not agree with the voice of God. Does not agree with His word. I'm not going that direction. And you can do it with grace, and you don't have to be angry, and you don't have to mm -hmm. be mean spirited, but you don't have to go. And that's you have to find your confidence in the voice of God. You just have mm -hmm. to. Good. And you helped me answer my question over my summer plan. So thank you. <laughs> That's good advice. No, I really like that. And I hope everyone listening will really get inspired by that to be different. Amen. And be happy especially, being different. Especially at Clemson when I feel like everyone's a clone. 
Well, it's that way everywhere, Libby. You, yeah. you listen, it's it's very true with the college environment that that that's that way when I was in college. I mean, right. so much hasn't changed that much that way, but the world is more and more that way. And really and truly, the Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter world has mm -hmm. created this that we're all supposed to look alike. We're all supposed to have farmhouse yeah. style homes. We're all supposed <laughs> to, you know, wear our hair a certain way. I mean, that's we. That's, it's a subliminal message that's given to us. Mm -hmm. and, to, and to walk to the voice of God and not what the world is saying is hard. It's difficult. Yeah. But I, I guess the question you have to ask yourself, and I say this to my clients all the time, why mm -hmm. is hard something to be avoided? Mm -hmm. Life's hard. It, it, it's tough. So right. the sooner you get over wanting life to be comfortable all the time, the more that treasure box is going to open up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Well, our last question, you kind of answered it um, before, but yeah. if you could go back and talk to your college self, what do you think you'd tell her? I'd say slow down. Mm. Yeah. I would say slow down and enjoy the life that's there right then that moment and enjoy your friends okay. and um, don't be in such a rush to have and get and be everything um, and to seek wisdom. I mean, really and truly, I, I, I look back on those years and there was so much wisdom that was available to me, mm -hmm. but I was so busy doing college right. that I didn't take advantage of that. You are surrounded by people that have got lots of experience in the Lord, you know, take the time to find out what they have to offer and, and listen to it and mm -hmm. don't discard it. You know, something that's different about you, Olivia, is that you do not, I have not observed that you have a, uh, a bias against people of a different generation. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the things that I have noticed is it, it, I, I've hear, heard it said, well, that's your generation. That's not my generation. Right. I've never heard that or seen that in you at all, which is great wisdom because, but in the same way, it's wrong for me at my age to mm -hmm. look at someone who's younger and believe that you don't have the same ability to hear God the same way that I do. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like what Paul said to Timothy, don't let anybody disregard your youth. Don't let anybody look down upon you because you're young, but to pursue the things of the Lord. And, and he talks about it. pursue peace, pursue purity, pursue knowledge. He, he gives an instruction in that scripture about what to do, but do not let anybody make slight of you because of you're young, because you're young. And so people of my generation have to be careful that we don't discard the wisdom that's given to the young as well. Right. And so, so take the wisdom that's around you and allow it to shape your mind and your mindset and your expectations mm -hmm. and, and go for everything, Libby. I don't want mm -hmm. everything, everything, want it all. Want, I'm not talking about <laughs> the world. I'm yes. talking about everything God has, want right. all of it and, and expect that he is there ready to give it to you as you grow in him. Right. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing everything. Oh, it's been my joy. You know how much I love you. Oh, I love you too. And I'm so happy that you finally get to come on and I, cause I keep talking you up to all my friends and now they get to finally hear what I mean by you being so wise. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh. <laughs> um, but before we leave, will you close this out in prayer too? I'd love to. Okay. I would love to. All right. Father, we give you thanks. Uh, for this opportunity to just share how good you are and how generous you are and how your grace has extended and poured out over our lives. And 
Father, I thank you for Olivia and her heart and her joy. And I thank you for all the promises that you have already spoken over her life and all the things that you are going to bring to pass for her. I pray, Lord, for those that are listening to this podcast, that revelation of the goodness of God just just settles down on their hearts and shapes their expectations for the goodness of you. That you'll give them sight and vision and wisdom and passion and zeal. And that, Lord, that you will instruct their hearts. There is much to be done in this world. We carry your light, Lord. Your light dispels the darkness. We will not believe the lies of the darkness. We will live our lives living in the light, knowing, Father, that you are there and that you never forsake us. And so I pray a blessing and I pray for the gifting of God. And I pray for more than is expected and that you continue to surprise us with your goodness and with the miraculous and with vision for a possibility. And that, Lord, you give us knowledge and ways to shape the world around us and that you come and empower us to walk in that vision that you give to us. You will not leave us alone with just a calling. Everything that you call us to, Lord, you equip us to do. And so we say yes to you. We don't ever want to say no to you, Lord, in any way. And so we say yes every day of our life. May it all bring glory to your name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. And thank you, Mia, for coming on. Thank you. And I'll see you guys next week with another special guest that I'm so excited about, too. So, bye.